This is most certainly true. The Lamb of God who was long foretold has come to be our sacrifice. Jesus offered himself and graciously shed his blood in our place so that we could be forgiven. And now we have the assurance of life and glory with him forever in heaven. Join us to look to the Lamb through this sermon recently delivered at Grace. The Holy Gospel, Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, the story that Jesus tells is the basis for the sermon today. Jesus continued, there, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The Gospel of the Lord. 
A woman and her grandmother were sitting on the back patio one morning, enjoying a cup of coffee and chatting about their family. And they got to talking about a relative of theirs that had made some really poor choices in life and had strayed from the family. He's just such a bad guy, the young woman exclaimed. He's completely untrustworthy, not to mention lazy. Yeah, he's bad, said Grandma as she rocked back and forth in her chair. But Jesus loves him. Come on, Grandma, that can't be true, the, the young woman exclaimed. Well, it's, it's true, Grandma said. Jesus loves him. And she took a sip of her coffee and thought for another moment before adding, but of course Jesus doesn't know him like we do. Have you ever felt that way about someone? Or maybe even about yourself? You hear it said that God loves you, and maybe you think, well, if that's really true, does God really know me all that well? He must not know me or that other person after all. But today I want to help you to understand and to remember just how deep and amazing and unconditional and undeserving the love of God is for you. But please don't just take my own word for it. Listen to the very words of Jesus. Because today from the Gospel of Luke chapter 15, he tells us a beautiful story about a father, his two sons, and the love that he has for those sons. The father in this story was wealthy. He was a well-off landowner. He had fields and flocks and servants to care for it all. One day, the younger of his two sons, who was well provided for and cared for, came up to his father and demanded his share of the inheritance. Does that seem a bit odd to you? The dad is still alive, right? And and typically, an inheritance is something you receive after someone passes away. So who does this? Who asks for something like this? It's just rude. But notice that the father consents. He divides up his estate, and he gives that inheritance to both of his sons. And he already, right at the beginning, you get a little bit of a glimpse at the love that the father has for his, his sons. Well, not long after that, the young man packs up everything that he has and leaves home. Now, did you catch that? He gathers together all of his stuff. He packs it all off, packs it all up and says, I'm out of here. See you later. I'm never coming home again. I mean, this is the idea here. He, he takes all of his stuff away, and you just get this sense that this son is tired of living in his father's home. He doesn't want to be underneath his father's love and guidance and care any longer. And maybe there's a little bit of a, of a strained relationship here between son and father. But then add into it the allure and the seduction of finding satisfaction and pleasure in the things of this world, and that son was gone. He took it all, he moved away, he lived it up. He was living life and partying, he was doing what he wanted, when he wanted, the way he wanted, and he was having a great time. That is until one day his credit cards were being declined. And he opened up his banking account and saw that his account was down to zero. 
There was nothing left. Add to that the fact that there was a famine throughout the land and the economy crashed. There were no jobs to be found anywhere, especially when he now desperately needed one. But maybe give him a little credit, he did find a job, although it took what little bit of dignity he still had left away from him. He found himself mucking around in the muddy pig pens, feeding them. This was especially degrading for a Jew like this young man, because pigs are considered unclean. You didn't own them or raise them. You didn't eat them. Sorry, bacon lovers. And you surely didn't touch them. And yet that's his job. Mingling with the pigs, feeding them, and finding himself so hungry that he was longing to eat the slop that he was passing on to them. And there was no one there to help him. But you see, it wasn't just his wallet and his stomach that was empty. His heart was empty too. And one day as he sat there covered in mud, smelling like those animals, he finally came to his senses. He realized that he had made some grave mistakes in his life, that he, in his life that he had sinned greatly. And it was at that moment that he remembered his father's love. He knew that his father was so loving and caring that he took good care of his servants. And so he determined that he would go back and he would beg for a job that he could at least work for his dad and have something in his stomach, something to live on. And so covered in so much shame, he made his way back home. Let me read to you what took place next because it's just so good. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Where do you even start with this? Should we start with the fact that the father was looking for and watching for his son even though he didn't know when, if ever, he was going to return? Or, or the reality that the father was filled with so much compassion for the kid who had abused and despised his love. Or that he ran out to meet his son so that he wouldn't have to take one more shameful step all alone. Or that he wrapped his arms around him in hugs and kisses instead of kicking and beating him and throwing him off to the side of the road. And all of that before the young man even had an opportunity to open up his mouth and utter a single thing to apologize and, and to throw his repentance out there. And then just as quickly came the beautiful robe and the ring and the sandals and the fattened calf and the feast and the celebration and the joy and the happiness, all of these abundant blessings one after another. This is not the welcome for a servant but the welcome for a son who had been lost and was now found, forgiven, and fully restored. The father knew his son and what he had done, but he still loved him and welcomed him home. Now, I don't mean to rain on the parade, but there was another brother. Remember him? The older brother, 
who stuck around at home and was working each and every day in the fields with his dad. He was in those fields that day when this was all taking place, and eventually he heard the, the wonderful noises of a party taking place back at the homestead. But when he found out that the party was being thrown for his younger brother, who had returned home after all he had done, he was bitter. I mean, he was super salty. He is, it was blood, his blood was boiling, and, and there was no way that he was going back to the house and joining in in this celebration. No, he resented his brother. He had, he had cast him to the side. He was dead to him. But if anyone deserved a party, it was him. Because he was doing the right thing. He was stuck around. He was doing all the, the things that he should be doing as a son. Do you see the self-righteousness just oozing out of that older son? But notice what the father did. His father went out and pleaded with him. The father left his house for a second time that day to go and search out another son and to invite him back home. And the father went up to the older son and reminded him just how much he loved him just the same and had so richly blessed him with abundance too. He had given him his share of the estate too without having to earn it and work for it. And then he pleaded with him to come and join and share in the joy and the happiness of welcoming that brother back home, his son. Do you think that that older brother took up that invitation and went back and joined in the party and welcomed his brother home? Or do you think that this was an opportunity for another son to turn on his father's love and to storm off in a self-righteous huff? We don't know. The story ended and we're not told the older brother's reaction. But the point's made, isn't it? Maybe for us to best understand the point of this parable, this story, we need to ask a question. And here's the question. Which son are you? Are you the son who has strayed and gotten caught up in the things of this world? The son who has hit rock bottom and feels like there's no hope? Or are you the son that is so arrogant and caught up in yourself that there's just self-righteousness all over all over yourself, that you're lost in yourself. I don't know where you are in life and what your relationship with God really looks like. But I'm pretty confident that the answer to that question of which son are you is probably both. And who of us hasn't chased after the things of this world and got caught up in it? And who of us haven't abused the love that has been put into our life? And how many of us haven't felt the bitter sting of, of insecurities and the fears of being left out? And, and how many of us haven't chased after love, hoping that we'd find it only to be feeling left empty? How many of us have not given in to sin, disobeying God, straying from his love, and finding ourselves lost not just in this world but inside of ourselves? And yet we have a father just like the one in this story. Because that father is our Lord God. And that father loves you deeply as his own child. 
And that Father blesses you more richly than you ever in this life will deserve. And whenever you wander, you find yourself given into the lure of temptation, when you stray from God's love and you are lost and you are hurting and you are alone, know that God longs to have you back. And God searches you out and he calls to you through his word. God steps down from his home in heaven to come and find you and to rescue you and to invite you to come and to live with him. If your hands are still holding on to those buckets of slop, come home. Perhaps your lips are still smudged with immorality. Come home. Or maybe your breath reeks with gallons of alcohol. Come home. Or maybe you are so stinky in sin and the smell of death. Come home. And if you are being held back by shame and fear, come home. God invites you because he loves you and he forgives you and he cleans you up and he gives you a place in his home to be with him forever. And in those moments when you are wrapped up in your arrogance and self-righteousness and you are unwilling to love the people that God puts in front of you and to share God's love and blessings In those moments when you are, instead of being happy and joyful, are bitter and resentful, God still calls out to you and and approaches you and says, leave all of that behind and come and see the grace of God. See how he richly loves you and blesses you, not because of who you are and what you've done, but because of his tremendous grace. And then turn in repentance, leaving all that sin behind and come. And join in the celebration of God's love to know his peace and to live in his home. I don't know if you realize this, but there's actually a third son in this account. He's the one who perfectly understood the love of the Father. One who never would forsake his father and would never speak illy of his brothers one who was never jealous or chased after the things of this world. He just loved, just like his father. That son is the one who's telling the story. In fact, you know the name of that son. His name is Jesus. See, Jesus is the reality of God's love for you. And God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to live as the perfect child. And as the perfect child, Jesus took responsibility for all of the imperfections and sins and strain and the disobedience of all of his brothers and sisters, you and me included. He took the responsibility of all that so he could crush the punishment that you and I deserve by his death on the cross. And then by his resurrection... He brings you from death to life. It's just like the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. 
you are set free and given life with God. And in this story, Jesus tells us just how amazing that love of the Father is. And who better to tell us about the love of the Father than his very Son, who shows us a love that searches us out no matter where we find ourselves lost, in sin or in our own self-righteousness, and calls us to find life and forgiveness in him. That's something we can rejoice about. Because all of those blessings that God gives to sons are blessings he gives to you. The feast, the the ring, the robe of righteousness, all of those are blessings for you and and your brothers and sisters who are sitting around you have been called by faith and through the gospel into faith to live in the house of God forever. And so we can sing with the prophet Isaiah, surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The truth is God does know you. He knows all of you. He knows all of the best and all of the worst. And yet, for the sake of and through Jesus Christ, he loves you and welcomes you to his home as his own dear child. Because that is the love of the Father. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace, to support the work that we do to proclaim the love of Jesus in Milwaukee and around the world, and to find our schedule of special worship services, please visit www.gracedowntown.org today. And we'd love to have you join us for worship sometime soon. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.